the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Minutes could save you. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. the truth I long to see God said one day I'd be free all trying led to failure that's when I heard him whisper all of Jesus none of me All of Jesus, all of Jesus, all of Jesus, none of me.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. It's my desire that you turn with all of your heart and be transformed, be changed into the complete likeness of Jesus. I want all of Jesus and none of me. I have a friend who has a beautiful home and in the back with the swimming pool and the hot tub and the beautiful gardens he has a fountain and in that fountain swims a large number of beautiful goldfish on occasion when he's going to be out of town he's asked if I would go and stay at his place a few days during the week and I've done that on occasion to help him to make sure that his house is safe. One of the tasks when I've stayed at his home is to feed the goldfish. I've sometimes wondered how much the goldfish can see from their world into my world. They swim endlessly around in that fountain knowing one another, eating this and that. And when I come in the morning to feed them and I approach the well, they almost, it seems, recognize me. And they swim quickly to where I'm standing so that as I provide them food, they'll eat that food quickly. It rests on the top of the water, and they gulp it. I'm sure they have no concept, however, of the world I live in, or of who I am. They only know that they receive a little food as I bring it to them. And they have some kind of distorted image of this person. They don't know I'm a person. They know I'm not gold, probably, if they can see color, but I don't know if they can see color. There's a world of difference between their world and my world. Does a fish know how wet the ocean is? Or how wet their little fountain is? No. Because... That's their normal life. That's where they spend their life. That's where they're fed. It's where they die. That's all they know, swimming around in their little pool of water. Now, on occasion, once a year, Tim decides to clean his fountain. And so the fish are scooped up in a net and dumped into another source of water. It's a very traumatic time for the fish being dumped from one to another and then dumped back in a clean fountain. We have those kinds of things that happen to us as well. Dumped from one job to another job, from one house to another house. 
having a sickness, things that disrupt our normal swimming around. We have no concept in our little fish pond of how wet with sin we are. Sin is so ugly, but it's so normal for us. It's our world. It's where we live. We grow up in sin. We grow up surrounded by the sin. It's our environment. Sin is our our life. And within that world of sin, churches are established, and people talk about getting fed by this person who comes, throws a little food on the water. And we gulp it along with our entertainment, but still live in sin. We're of this world. And the concept of transferring to another realm is such a foreign concept and so disruptive to the ideas and the culture and the life of our world. How could we even contemplate being transferred into another realm? We would die in that realm. There'd be no water. We'd lose everything. Nothing would be normal. Of course, Jesus spoke about that other realm, talking about take up your cross and follow me. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about taking up an instrument of execution for the realm of sin and being transferred to a whole other realm. When you're transferred to that realm, as one person said, if you're If you're brought out of the wetness of sin and you're transformed into a bird, can the bird now fly back into the sin and survive? No, they'll drown. They can't exist. They become a new creature, a new person. So I know as I come day by day and talk with you, much of what I say sounds a little insane to you strange except we have brought into our culture the expectation that we're all going to go to church and we're all going to try to win other people to come to our church and we're just going to do our best to be good people but we're never going to leave the realm of sin we can't do that until we die well the bible teaches that that's correct We don't transfer to the other realm until we die. The problem is the modern church has said until you die physically. But the scriptures teach until we die to our sin. And we're changed and we're transformed into new creatures. What an astounding idea that you can leave the wetness of sin and become a new creature who can fly.
There's a passage of scripture that I've been meditating on this morning. I want to read it for you. It's found in Colossians, the first chapter. Let me begin reading with verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, the one having qualified us for the share of the allotment of the holy ones in the light, that is, qualifying us to leave the realm of darkness and move into a new realm. Who delivered us, this is Colossians 1 verse 13, who delivered us out from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have the redemption by means of his blood, the forgiveness of the sins. Again, that word forgiveness is the Greek word aphemy, meaning the removal of the sins. Literally, he's saying, let's give thanks to the Father because he has qualified us for a share of the allotment of the holy ones who live in the light. You don't have to remain in this dark world. You don't have to remain in the wetness of the fish pond. You can be brought out of that tiny little place where you swim around and around and around in circles. But some of you don't expect anything else than to spend your life swimming around and around and getting your little portion of food. You don't expect any difference. And you expect that when you die, you're going to be taken to a better place. But the scripture teaches that you must die now. Not when you die physically. If you wait until you die physically, you'll be hell-bound. It teaches that we've been delivered us. He has delivered us, the scriptures say, out from the authority of darkness, or that is, out from the wetness of sin, and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. That word translated... Wow. Its meaning here is far more than moving from one place to another. Transferred is not the person that... That means he's not the person he used to be. He is transferred, transformed, changed into a new kingdom, a new realm. If we could begin to get the idea that there's a much better realm that we could move to. It's not the realm of the wetness of sin. It's not the realm of darkness. We can dwell right now in a new realm where we live under the power and the anointing of Jesus. Now, Colossians tells us the hope, the hope is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians, the first chapter, verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
whom we proclaim, warning every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. You cannot be perfect if you remain in the realm, in the atmosphere of sin. You must be transformed. You must be moved to the realm of light. You must have a new place of abiding. You are delivered from the little fish pond. You are delivered into the realm of light with Jesus Christ. Now, there are three stories that I've wanted to talk with you about, two that I've already shared with you, but today I want to talk about a third The first is what happened at Pentecost as Peter stood up and preached to the people and he said, you have murdered the Messiah. And the scriptures tell us they were cut to the heart. And they they said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, you must repent and you must have your sins removed. And then the New Testament church was started with with precious people who were willing to pay the price to leave the fish pond, who were willing to leave the life of the wetness of sin, who were transformed into the likeness of Jesus, Jesus in them, the hope of glory. And then there's a second story where Stephen confronts the priests and the Pharisees. And he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, and so do you. He's saying, you have refused to leave the fish pond. You have refused to submit yourself to the Messiah. You have refused to accept him. You murdered him. Well, they're cut to the heart, the scriptures say. But this time, instead of saying, what must we do to be saved? They respond with bitterness and anger and rage. And they kill Stephen. They murder him. They stone him to death. So we have, in one case, when the gospel is presented, men are cut to the heart and they say, what must we do to be saved? The second time... Men are cut to the heart, and they respond with bitter anger and murder. Those are two responses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has always been so. That was the response that Jesus met, and in the rage, they crucified him. While his disciples repented, and were transferred into the kingdom of light. But then we have a third story that is informative. Philip, in the persecution in Jerusalem, fled, and he went to Samaria, just to the north of Judea. He goes to Samaria, and there he begins to preach the gospel of Jesus, wants to save you from your sins. He wants to perfect you in righteousness. He died for your sins. And he teaches them the gospel of Jesus, and they accept that gospel of Jesus. And signs and wonders, people are healed. 
restored. They're all astonished. And watching all of this is a man by the name of Simon. And Simon, he believes. And he's baptized and he becomes a Christian. But he did not repent of his sin. It was an incomplete repentance. Now this is so very painful for me to talk about because I've discovered that a young man that I've been ministering to and teaching and calling to serve Jesus, who made a covenant with me that he would follow Jesus, who made a covenant with Jesus to be transferred from the wetness of sin into the righteous holiness of God, gave the report that last Saturday night he went to a strip club with a bunch of friends broke my heart I was deeply grieved and I'm still deeply grieved I was in earnest prayer in the early hours of this morning for this man whom I'm claiming for the gospel of Jesus but there he goes off to a strip club and then another man that I'm crying out for who has made a covenant to follow Jesus Christ who has called himself a Christian this man on Saturday night went with some friends and, and they were all drinking so he drank too and Sunday morning he woke up with a hangover and called and said can't go to church I'm hungover and with that diving into sexual uncleanness he's just made a profession of Jesus Christ he's, he's not going to follow the ways of darkness and here he is drunk, fornicating, having a little pot. I'm saying, Jesus, what do I do? You see, I would rather a man come and repent and say, what must I do to be saved? And I can say to that man, repent of your sin, and he repents, and he walks clean in Jesus, and he's powerful in the, in the Lord. Or I'd rather have a man get raging angry at me and say, You are crazy, Pastor Ray. I'm not going to follow Jesus and I'm not going to serve him. I would rather have one of those two responses. But to say to me, I will follow Jesus and then go to the strip club is unconscionable to me. Or to say, I will follow Jesus and then head off to get drunk and have sex and have a little pot. Come on! My whole soul rises up in deep grief and sorrow. How is it possible that a man will dive back into his little fish pond? Doesn't he know that he will drown in that fish pond? He can't survive there because he was made into a new creature. Part of the great sorrow that's in my heart today is that I know many of you listening to this radio broadcast who call yourselves Christians walk back into the fish pond. And you live in that little world of sin and wickedness, bitterness of anger, 
hostility, malice. The bitter root grows up in your heart. And I go to the book of Galatians again. I'm going to read for you what Paul says. As therefore you received Christ Jesus the Lord, you must continue walking in him, having been rooted, having been built up in him, being firmly established in the faith as you were taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You must watch out lest there be anything leading you astray through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the elemental things of the world, and not according to Christ, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, and you are in him, having been made complete. And listen to this. Listen to this. Since you died with Christ, this is Colossians, the second chapter, verse 20. Since you died with Christ from the elemental things of the world, elemental, what are they? Pot, fornication, getting drunk, carousing. Why, as living in the world, are you subject to the ordinances? Chapter 3, if then you were raised up with Christ, you must seek the things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You must set your mind upon the things above, not upon the things of the earth, not upon the things in the fish pond. For you died, and your life has been hid with Christ in God. And then he says, Accordingly, you did voluntarily put to death your members that are upon the earth. What are they? Sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustful desires, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Don't come telling me you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you dive into the strip club. Or you dive into the gambling. Or you dive into the professional sports. You dive into the movies. You dive into the wicked, wicked things of this earth. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you do these things. Yes, you walked at one time in these things, but you've died and you're now hidden in Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, verse 8, But now you did also voluntarily put off all these things, anger, wrath, ill will, evil speaking, slander, obscene speech out of your mouth. You must not lie to one another, having already put off the old man with its practices. See, the great sorrow of my heart is that so many of you listening to this broadcast are still swimming around in your little fish pond, calling yourself a Christian, partaking in the things of darkness. You've not been transferred to the kingdom of light, even though you say you have, but you don't expect to be transferred there until you die physically. Well, when you die physically, you will not be transferred to the kingdom of light. You will go to hell. 
You must be transferred there now. You must go now into the kingdom of light. Having already put on the new man. That is, now you've put on the new man. The one being renewed in true knowledge according to the image of the one having created him. Where there is not Gentile, Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, foreigner, Scythian, servant, free man. But Christ is all in all things and is all. Therefore you must put on as chosen ones of God, holy and having been beloved, deep feelings of compassion, kindness, humility, courtesy, patience toward others, bearing with one another and freely favoring each other. Above all these things have love, which is the bond of perfection. You know, this man who dove back into the strip clubs doesn't understand that by leaving the kingdom of light and transferring back into the kingdom of darkness where he is dying, his face looked like death on Sunday. His parents are, are Hindus. Tell me, what's the spiritual impact he's having on his parents as he dives back into the wickedness of the strip club? What's his witness to his friends at work? When he goes to work today, he's going to have a face, a countenance of darkness. There will be no light beaming from his face. And having done this one thing, if he's not very careful, he's going to slide back into the erotic massages, the drinking. He's going to go right down the tube if Jesus doesn't save him. And he will die in his sin. Remember the story of Esau? He sought repentance with tears and none was given to him. Don't assume you can go back into sin and repent and that sin will be removed from you and you'll be reinstated in the kingdom of light. You may die in that darkness of that fish pond. Don't tell me you're going to be okay. I'm so deeply upset today by, by the wicked condition of the body of Christ in America. Church on every corner. I was at one church this past Sunday and when their service let out, I saw the men slip out of the church and back, and they stood in the back of the church to smoke their pot. They slipped out of the back of the church to come out in the back where they could smoke their pot. And I just stood and stared at them until they grew so uncomfortable they fled to their cars and quickly drove away. come out of a worship service to smoke your pot. Really? You're a part of the kingdom of light? You've just confessed the name of Jesus? What wickedness! Go home and turn the game on? Have the beer? 
kick back and operate like the world, like the the fish in the fish pond and hope that somebody's going to come and sprinkle some food on top of the water for you every week as you go to church and you live in the darkness of your sin and you think your rituals are going to save you? Come on. Wow, I'd like to come and talk about the glorious joy of serving Jesus. I'd like to come and talk to you about the new man where love is the rule, where the word of Christ dwells richly in you, where we can walk with one another in joy and peace in Jesus Christ, joining together to cry out for the lost and the dying and the very ones who are intended to do that come into the body of Christ full of darkness. You see it all over their faces. It's easy to look at a man and know if he's in pornography because his face is unclean before God. I can see it the moment I see a man. I know if he's buried in pornography, the darkness is upon his countenance. I can see if his heart is bitter. It's written on his countenance. Yet he calls himself a Christian. Caught in the trap. This man, Simon, he calls himself a Christian. He thinks he's going to be delivered. He thinks he's okay with God. And then Peter comes. Peter and John. Being sent by the apostles in Jerusalem. They're the big guns. They come. And they begin to lay their hands on men. And they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this Simon, he's been all of his life wanting to be somebody. Wanting to be successful. And he's learned to be successful with magic tricks and now he wants to pay Peter for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and Peter is deeply grieved and Peter says to him may your silver perish this is Acts the 8th chapter verse 20 but Peter said to him may your silver perish with you because you thought to obtain the gift of God with money there is neither part nor share in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So he's been brought out of the fish pond. He's a Christian. He's baptized. But he's being told he's going to die because he can have no part in this new realm. He better go crawl back into his sin if he wants to live, or he better repent. He says, therefore, you must repent. Because your heart is not right in the sight of God. Please, is your heart right today in the sight of God? Are you walking like the world and acting like the world and being a pretend follower of Jesus, and yet you desire with all of your heart to swim around and around in the fish pond of sin? 
Peter says, you must repent because of this wickedness of yours. And you must pray that God would remove the intent of your heart to be somebody, to be filled with success. You're serving God because you want something from him. You think you can get from God the great success you've desired. For I see that you're in the gall of bitterness. It's a double it's a double sin description. Bitterness for the Hebrews always meant poison. I see your heart is full of poison. Judgment, malice. The gall, the bitterness of poison is in your soul. Because you're caught in the bond of iniquity. The man's right wrist is manacled to the soldier's left wrist. And the soldier carries in his right hand the short sword ready to pierce into the, into the center of this prisoner if he dares give him any trouble. How can he be delivered from that? He's saying, you have not been delivered from your sin. You've been baptized. You call yourself a Christian. But it's obvious you've not been delivered from your sin. Now listen to Simon's response. This is the most terrifying thing I can read in the scriptures. Verse 24, Then Simon, having answered, said, You please pray to the Lord for me? that nothing of the things which you have mentioned may come upon me? What? Simon totally denies the spiritual analysis of his life. And he claims, all I need for you to do, Peter, is pray that none of what you have described will come upon me. What? It's already upon him. It fills his heart. It fills his life. But he denies it. And some of you, as you listen to these messages, you say, no, Pastor Ray, I'm fine. That's for somebody else. Pastor, I repented of my sin back in 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990. I repented of my sin. I don't need to repent now. I repented. All of my past, present, and future sins were forgiven, and I'm good to go to heaven. No, you're not. You're like Simon. You're back in the wetness of sin, and you're manacled to the lust of your heart. Some of you today are manacled to cynicism and bitterness. Some of you are manacled to hopelessness. Some of you are prisoners of lust and sexual uncleanness. Some of you are manacled. Some of you with iron chains to your drugs, to your pot, to your cocaine. to that unclean sexual affair where you are not married, but you're sleeping together. 
and you see no way out. I confronted a man. I said, How can you be a follower of Jesus and go and sleep with this woman you're not married to every night? Well, I offered to marry her, but she said no. Well, then move out. You shouldn't have moved in. Well, but she owns the vehicle. I'll lose everything if I move out. You won't lose Jesus. You won't lose his blessing. You'll be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. If you'll just obey Jesus, he will be your provision. Please, what's so hard to understand about this? It's not rocket science. If you do what is right, you will be blessed by God. If you do what is of the devil, the devil will take you to hell. What's so hard to understand about this? What grieves my heart more than anything else and causes me so often to pray and ask the Lord if I can stop doing radio is the lack of response to the messages I bring day by day. That grieves me so deeply because I know many of you well, I'll give you an example. 30 people hit the donate button. Only one of you donated. What happened between your hitting the donate button and your giving? I can tell you. The devil came in and said, no, don't do that. Many of you have been called to come to the National Prayer Chapel and join together and become a people of intercession and prayer for revival in Washington. Many of you have been called by God to do this, and yet do you do it? No, because you're comfortable in your little fish pond. You don't want to leave your sin. You don't want to leave your comfortable lifestyle. I talked with one family and I said to them, you know what's being proclaimed is right. Yes, it is right, Pastor. Well, why are you still in the church that is teaching wickedness? Well, because, Pastor, that's where all of our friends are. And we don't want to lose all of our friends. We enjoy going to dinner with them. We enjoy going to parties with them. Right. You just named it. And what's Jesus going to say to you on that day of judgment? Is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, you stayed right there in the midst of your friends, living like pagans, valuing things as the pagans value them, and you were never willing to lay your life down for the gospel of Jesus? Is that what he's going to say to you? I'm so grieved by this that I have often prayed and said, Lord, can I stop doing radio? I'm tired of, I'm tired of the battle for the lives of men and women in Washington who have no interest in being changed from their little fish pond into the gospel of grace where they're made perfect in Christ Jesus. Again, at breakfast this morning, I was saying to my wife, what do we do, honey? Do we, do we continue doing radio? Do we continue calling people to the National Prayer Chapel for revival? Do we continue to say we need people to come, 120 to come, who will lay their lives down for the gospel of Jesus? 
who will lay their time and their energy and their finances down for the gospel of Jesus? I mean, many of you know we need to be transferred to the to the FM side of the dial where many more people can hear, but are you going to lay your life down to make that happen? Oh, come on, Pastor. Just let me tune in as it's convenient for me and let me enjoy your broadcast. I need the... I need the encouragement, but my life is so important and my world is so vital to me. I'm not going to lay down my life to come and be an intercessor. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to lay down my life to come and join in a, a movement of revival. How am I going to do that, Pastor? I'll lose my friends. They'll say I'm a fanatic. Well, i be very honest with you. I've lost many in my family and I've lost many friends because I've chosen to follow Jesus people who shun me and turn the other way when they see me because I've chosen to follow Jesus it breaks my heart but it would break my heart much more if Jesus turned his back and did not acknowledge me Simon, we're told by extra-biblical sources in history, became a spokesman and a purveyor of the Gnostic heresy, the sinning Christian heresy. And it did much harm to the body of Christ. Simon never turned and gave his life to Jesus Christ. Instead, he mixed it with his pagan belief so he could be somebody but he never received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He received the anointing of darkness. How do we walk through this? How do we walk through this? Where are the men and women who will lay their lives down, who will say, I must have Jesus? And I'm willing to do whatever I must do. I no longer want to be in the fish pond. I don't want to swim around in the wetness of sin for one more moment. Will you right now renounce the sin of your heart? Will you like that first beautiful group of people who responded to Peter's message, let your heart be cut today and say, what must I do to be saved? And my answer to you is very simple. You must repent and you must have your sin removed by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by trying hard, not by strategies and seminars, but by the mighty supernatural working of God as you die to your old life and your old self and you're transferred into the kingdom of light by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a new life in Christ. It's a glorious new life in Jesus Christ. He says in Colossians, the first chapter, verse 21, you having been formerly alienated and enemies in attitude by the evil works. 
See, it doesn't matter if you're in church, if you claim to be a Christian, but if you are alienated and enemies of Jesus Christ by attitude and evil works. I'm calling you to now be completely reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and without reproach before him. That's what I'm inviting you to today. To be raised up with Christ. To seek the things that are above. To seek being seated with Christ in heavenly realms, as the book of Ephesians tells us. To set our minds upon things above, not upon things of the earth. You were called to die. You are called to let your life be hidden in Jesus Christ. You are called to lay aside the things of darkness and to be a new man. To let the peace of God rule in your heart. You must be holy, even as he is holy. you look at Hebrews the 12th chapter chapter 12 verse 11 now all discipline for the present does not seem to be joyful but painful then later he gives back the peaceful fruit of righteousness to the ones having been trained by it Are you willing to lay your life down for Jesus Christ, not seeking anything for yourself, but totally finding yourself in Jesus? Is Jesus enough for you today? Are you willing to pursue peace with all men and holiness? Or are you defiled today by sin? Are you a fornicator? Are you a godless person? Are you going to reject what's being said to you today? Or are you going to respond? Tuesday night, we're going to have a prayer meeting. That room needs to be jammed with people who finally say, look, I'll travel anywhere I have to travel to be a part of a people who are totally given to Jesus, who are going to seek him with all of their hearts, who are going to cry out for Washington, D.C. Revival is not a program that starts with some institution saying, okay, it's revival time. No, it starts with a man or a woman who finally says, I'm done with sin and I must be transformed. I must be made into the image of Jesus Christ. I must abide in Christ. And I'll pay whatever price is necessary to be transferred into that kingdom of light. If you'd like to be a part of that, you're welcome to come. We begin praying in the conference room 
at the All Saints Anglican Church. We begin praying at 6.30 for an hour. At 7.30, others will join us who couldn't get there earlier because of work. We'll continue praying and seeking Jesus, and then we will be accountable one to another if we're walking in sin. You can come if you would be called by the Holy Spirit. Our location is at 14851 Gideon Drive. That's 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. And it's a shame that I even need to ask you, but would you please, if you are moved by the Holy Spirit, would you respond with large offerings, sacrificial, hilarious giving, that we can continue this broadcast on the air and move to the FM side of the dial. It's going to take money. And I know that only comes as God moves in the heart of his people. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That address again is National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or go to our webpage. Don't just click that Donate button. If you're going to click the button, give. We need to hear from you. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find podcasts. You'll find all kinds of things to help you in the journey. But be serious with me. Step forward. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. This is Pilgrim's Progress. Thank you for listening. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. Of his glory with great joy, with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's. Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.